I'm Graham Smith. We established the Mothers Program to provide a reliable source of information about pregnancy on the internet with the goal to improve mothers' health through education, research, and screening. The Mothers Podcasts are an extension of that. Today we're going to be discussing Down syndrome. Our guest is Jocelyn Agravante. Jocelyn is a nurse practitioner with the Kingston Community Health Centre. She also started the Down Syndrome Association of Kingston. Jocelyn, welcome and thank you so much for agreeing to speak with me and share your wealth of knowledge and experience with a child with Down syndrome. Hi, Graham. Thank you so much for inviting me to discuss this topic that is very close to my heart. And I'm always happy to collaborate with you on different projects. So we've previously done a podcast on genetic screening with one of our geneticists, Dr. Andrea Guerin, that can be found on this site, so we're not going to talk about screening in pregnancy. But let me give a little bit of background about genes and chromosomes. Chromosomes are like a set of encyclopedias. We get one set of 23 encyclopedias from our mother and one set of 23 encyclopedias from our father, and they all match up. Two chromosome number ones, two chromosome number twos, and so on. Number 23 are the sex chromosomes, which are either X or Y. Two X's means you're genetically female, and an X and Y means you're genetically male. Genes, on the other hand, are all the information that is in each encyclopedia volume, and you could have a misspelled word or a definition, which may or may not cause health issues. We know that every pregnancy, there is a chance of a genetic variant in the embryo. Most commonly in pregnancy, these are the trisomies where there is an extra chromosome number 13, 18, or number 21 that come from either the sperm or the egg. Down syndrome is where there is an extra chromosome number 21 or an extra piece of a chromosome number 21. Down syndrome is the most common chromosomal condition in humans having first been described in the 1800s and the genetic cause being identified in 1959. Since then, in many countries around the world, Canada included, Screening for Down syndrome is offered to all women regardless of age, though how screening occurs varies between countries and in Canada varies across the provinces. And the testing has become more and more sophisticated over the years. I have many couples referred to me for counseling because of a screening test showing a higher chance of a baby with Down syndrome having had a diagnostic test, like an amniocentesis, that shows the baby does have Down syndrome, but I often struggle with answering the questions about what it means to have a baby with Down syndrome or what it's like as the child grows up. Could you just give us a little bit of your own experience and where that's taken you? Sure. So I always felt that my pregnancy was special because it took three years of trying before I actually became pregnant. So I felt really great during pregnancy, but there were a few things that came up during my prenatal appointments. So for one, I didn't realize that I had high blood pressure until I became pregnant. So it was a little tricky to find the right combinations that would control that blood pressure. And that was the easy part. Then I agreed to integrated prenatal screening, which I did not because I was concerned so much about the screening result itself, but I just thought it would be great to see a baby on ultrasound. So on the day of the ultrasound, after the tech was finished, my husband and I were escorted into a small room and we were introduced to a genetic counselor for the first time. So she explained the result of our nuchal translucency measurement, which is that area at the back of the baby's neck. And that was 3.1 millimeters. The cutoff for a positive Down syndrome marker was 3.5 millimeters. So we weren't too worried. We had the blood work and we didn't think any more of it. And then I received a phone call one evening about my IPS result. And not to sound overdramatic, but I really did feel like my world collapsed. 
So even though my family doctor was really good at delivering these results, I didn't really hear many words except for Down syndrome and genetics referral. So fortunately for us, that genetics appointment came really quickly. My husband and I really appreciated our interaction with the genetic counselor. So it turned out that I had a two out of three chance of having a baby with Down syndrome, which I thought was pretty amazing because I've never seen a result like that before in any of my patients. So she allowed me to cry, um, which I feel like I did for the entire appointment. But I remember most about this appointment is that she said, congratulations on your pregnancy. So I found it really difficult at that time to reconcile my feelings about wanting to keep this pregnancy and about loving a baby that was considered quote unquote abnormal. So between my phone call about my positive Down syndrome screen to my appointment with genetics, I forgot that this pregnancy was a blessing and an exciting milestone for me and my husband. And so I felt like she gave that back to me. So I appreciated that she delivered information in a very sensitive and non-biased manner. She explained the various investigations that I can do in pregnancy. And terminating my pregnancy was not an option for me for personal reasons. So I declined to confirm the Down syndrome diagnosis with an amniocentesis test. My concern was to ensure that the baby was going to be healthy, so I opted to have a fetal echo to make sure his heart was okay, as this was a common complication. So around this time, I was referred to you, Graham, for high-risk obstetrical care, high-risk for my uncontrolled blood pressure, and to monitor my prenatal diagnosis of Down syndrome. I felt very supported during my pregnancy. My genetics counselor was always helpful in providing me information, and I was also connected to a social worker because I had to work on dealing with the grief of losing a normal child and having to deal with this diagnosis of Down syndrome. So I found that you, Graham, were an amazing obstetrician. You always had a thorough plan for my concerns and my care, and you never allowed me to get overly stressed about the small things because I was already stressed enough as it was. So I was induced a week early because of my high blood pressure, but besides the high blood pressure that I had, I actually felt really excited and really happy during the delivery. It went really smoothly and there were no complications and everyone involved in my care were exceptional. So before getting an official diagnosis of Down syndrome, we had to wait for blood work results and at that time it took a day or two. We all knew it was positive just because of the way my baby, who I named Jeremiah, looked. It was such a relief when, Graham, you confirmed a diagnosis of Down syndrome because from that moment forward, I felt like I could just move on. So my stay in the hospital after delivery was a whirlwind. Jeremiah was followed by lots of people, so a neonatologist, respirologist, cardiologist, hematologist, and somewhere in between there, he had low blood sugar and jaundice, so he was admitted to the NICU for a few days. And also, my blood pressure was still out of control, so I felt really overwhelmed. But looking back on it now, despite the various medical conditions, my baby was doing really well. And when I looked around at the other babies in the NICU, I was humbled to realize that Jeremiah was not in the worst condition. So his first year was very busy. In addition to the normal baby stuff, he had a lot of medical appointments But I honestly didn't know any different. This was our first baby, so this was our norm. And this may sound really strange, but I really didn't worry about Down syndrome in the first year. I was just focused on meeting the needs of my infant and trying to figure out what being a new mom meant. 
So it's been a real privilege to work with many couples over 30 years to help get them through difficult pregnancies and to make difficult decisions. And I've certainly learned a lot from my patients, you being an excellent example of that. You've been an incredible source of information over the years to many couples that we've sent along to speak to you, not only as a parent of a child with Down syndrome, but as a health professional. I'm sure you went through this yourself, but what are the typical questions that expecting parents ask about Down syndrome? So I find when parents approach me as a parent, they have more crystal ball type questions. So they always want to know what their baby will be able to do. So they ask me things from, you know, will my baby be able to breastfeed? Will my baby be able to walk or talk? They just want to know what they'll be able to do. And I just find they just want to know where they can find information and resources about everything and anything. So I think that they just want that reassurance that everything will be okay. But as a healthcare provider, I find parents ask me a lot of the why questions. Why did this happen? What did I do wrong? No one in our family has Down syndrome. Why did this happen to us? So I think that it's really difficult for parents at that initial appointment to accept that Down syndrome is randomly occurring. And there is nothing that mom did wrong. It's just something that happens. So couples make their own decisions based on their own reasons. I'm sure you get asked for your opinion or advice all the time. What would you do? As a health professional, I know that you have to be very careful not to sway their decision one way or another. But is it difficult or disappointing for you if they choose to go on and terminate the pregnancy? Absolutely. Having been through the experience of receiving a prenatal diagnosis of Down syndrome, I understand that the news is initially devastating. And a million thoughts and feelings run through your mind, and they're usually not good. But at the same time, knowing what I know now, I just can't help but take the reservations that couples have personally. So when patients are falling apart in front of me, I just want to like look them in the eye and say, don't you know how lucky you are and that everything will be okay? But I don't. So instead, I I listen, I allow them to cry, I, I allow them to be angry. And the best way I can, I answer questions in a non-biased manner, and I provide all the information they are seeking without getting emotional. And yes, that's tough because of what I know raising a child with Down syndrome. So your own lived experience in our community led you to start the Down Syndrome Association of Kingston. We've already put a link to this on our website. Tell me about that. So during my first discussion with the genetic um, counselor prenatally, she mentioned that there are groups for Down syndrome, but Kingston didn't have one. So I really didn't worry about that too much at the time because I was focused on Jeremiah being a baby first. I thought I'll worry about the Down syndrome later. So it wasn't until we went to our first conference, he was maybe about a year old, and it was hosted by the Down Syndrome Association of Ontario in Toronto. And I felt really envious looking at the different representations in the room. So local organizations from Toronto, Ottawa, Waterloo. And then it was at that moment that I felt the inspiration to do something about it. So on my days off, I did a lot of networking with other not-for-profit organizations in Kingston, trying to figure out how to establish our own local group. So with the help of Queen's Business Law Clinic and my mom's initial donation, we were able to achieve nonprofit charitable status in November of 2011. 
So since then, we've run various children's program, family events, fundraising events. I've had many different speaking opportunities, and we've been blessed to have been able to partner with various community organizations through the years. So if someone is having a baby in a smaller community that may not have a local Down syndrome association, what should couples be looking for? Apart from Google, is there a way to identify what community resources might be needed, recognizing that they're not necessarily Down syndrome specific? Websites and internet searches are a main way of getting information. So I would say to start with looking at the Canadian Down Syndrome Society website and the resources they offer. They are current, they are evidence-based, and specific to Canadian guidelines. I would also say to look at the Provincial Down Syndrome Association of Ontario. They always have current information about legislation and current political issues around health care, education, and employment. And they also host the annual conference, which is a great way to learn and network. So when I did my own research, I like to reach out to the local organizations to see what they were offering. And I also found it helpful to talk to different healthcare professionals, childcare providers, educators, and community agencies in Kingston who were involved in my son's care. And that just helped me map out the different community resources and the different programming that would be appropriate for my child. And I also found that the infant development worker at Kids Inclusive, who I was working with, she was really instrumental in helping me um, recruit and identify families who had children with Down syndrome to form the group that we have today. So Jeremiah, who has Down syndrome, is now 12, and Sophia is 10. What has surprised you with both these kids as they've grown up? Well, when Sophia was born, and for the first two years of her life, Jeremiah was clearly the doting big brother. However, Sophia quickly became the little big sister. And I am so impressed about how much Jeremiah admires her and listens to her. They have similar interests like music and swimming and camping. And Sophia has this special way of always engaging him to do things and to participate So, for example, during COVID, when they were in remote learning and I had to work from home, Sophia was so ready to jump in and help him get his work done and do different activities um, to to fight the boredom of, of being at home. So she has showed a lot of compassion and empathy at such a young age. And she's even had to do a lot of the hard stuff that young people normally don't have to do. So she's had to advocate for him to adults who don't understand him. And she's also had to tell bullying kids to stop when she has been witness to it. Jeremiah, he is an amazing guy. He's a little celebrity. He's in a regular inclusive school. He's in grade seven now. And he loves to learn alongside his peers. He loves being part of a group. And he doesn't like to be singled out because he is quote unquote special. So just like any other 12-year-old, he has different likes. He loves sports and camping. He loves eating fried chicken. And he has such a great sense of humor. So being given information during pregnancy that there is any kind of an issue, whether it's an abnormal blood test or a finding on an ultrasound, can lead to significant anxiety and a real roller coaster of emotions. Any final advice to couples who find themselves in this situation? Yes, I would say enjoy your pregnancy. Celebrate the things that are normal. Celebrate when you're feeling good. A diagnosis of Down syndrome may not be what you're hoping for, but it's not the end of the world. And it's not a fatal diagnosis like cancer. 
I would also say don't over Google. There is such thing as too much information. And sometimes it may cause more harm than good. And in the miss, you will miss the joy of being pregnant. And also just lean on your support network like your family and friends. Most importantly, expect to be surprised by what your baby will be able to do and what he or she can teach you about yourself, love, and life. I've had to redefine my definition of perfect and normal, and my child has not disappointed me yet. It's been an awesome journey. Thank you, Jocelyn, for taking the time to discuss with us what to expect when you're having a baby with Down syndrome. I want to thank our guests as well as Adelaide Burroughs, who helped to produce this podcast and for those behind the scenes. We'll put links to more information on this and other topics on our website, www.themothersprogram.ca. The Mother's Program is all one word. If you have any comments, suggestions, or ideas for topics or people that we should interview, please use the contact section of our website. Until the next time, be safe.